This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. I am so excited. Uh, I do believe about a month ago, we had I had suggested or I had stated that we really wanted to have a person who is affected by somebody else's gambling addiction on. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there, but not everybody is willing and ready to talk about how this experience has affected them. So we're just happy to have Kelly D. So the technical term is called affected other, but Kelly can express however it means, what this means to her, meaning the gambling addiction, how has it affected her? Has it affected her family? And this is the conversation that we're going to have. You know, I am your host, Leilani. You guys are reading the Mid-Hudson. Um, I apologize for not saying that at first, but you know, that's sometimes how we flow around here, right? Uh, and welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, um, Tis the season. We are at the closing of 2022, and it's been quite a year. Um, definitely for me. How has it been for you? It has actually been an extraordinary year for me. Um, we are actually, um, we are entering. So I believe it'll be next May. Will be technically our second year in recovery. So we spent the last full year really focusing on our recovery. You know, we've had a lot of growth in between. So I would say we've had a pretty good year. That's so great. That is, and and I like how you say we, right? Because it's not just one person. It's not the individual who, is, who has a gambling addiction. It is a we thing. Just like in any relationship, uh, marriage or just whatever, it is we. Because yes. we we are a team and what you go through is what I go through. What I go through is what you go through. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about this journey, whether it's your, in, in particularly your journey within this? Yeah. So uh, it started out with, I had found out about my husband, Steve's addiction. Um, it, it was through a crazy occurrence with me finding out about it. And at first it was, the toughest thing I had ever gone through, I had never 
really had much experience with addiction. So um, I really didn't know what to do or really how to take the reins of this. Um, I had known about his previous addictions before all of this. Um, and we had something a couple of years ago where um, I had found out about his gambling and I thought that maybe it could have something to do with his addiction, but I kind of wasn't in that mental mindset to really take that on. We were kind of going through a rough patch there living with his family. So I was on a one track mind basically. Um, so this next time around, when I found out that he had been gambling again, I was able to figure out the fact that this was an addiction. And um, at first I was really afraid because I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I could see signs that, you know, now looking back on it, I didn't know what it was back then because as everybody describes, this is like a hidden addiction. Um, I had seen a lot of signs of stress. I saw a lot of, you know, he was very tired, irritable, but I just thought that that was because of basic, um, you know, life challenges. So when I found out about all of this, I somehow was able to, um, I, I don't really want to say rationalize it because it took me a long, long time to understand this, but I was basically able to go through everything with him, have him write down, you know, how much money he had spent. And, you know, I had to figure out financially if we were going to be losing our house, you know, like all the big things that come with gambling, you never really know, you know, what to expect. So once I was able to do that, I basically, um, I told him that I was going to take over all our finances, you know, as much as he is the bread maker or the breadwinner in our household, because I'm a stay at home mother. Um, I took over everything financially and I'm lucky enough to say that he, he was very easy to give all that stuff up. Um, I know a lot of people have a harder time giving that up because essentially you feel like you're going back to childhood. You know, like I felt like I had to be the parent in this and he was my child. Um, but I was able to seek out help like through um, Gaminon. Uh, it was Gaminon.org uh, meetings and going through therapy and things like that. I was able to really start my recovery because in the beginning, I had all of these different feelings and I didn't know what to do with them. You know, I had so much anger, so much anxiety, you know, I had just everything building up inside of me and I did not know what to do with it. Um, so that was where I kind of sought out my help. And it took a lot of time for me to be able to feel normal. And there are still days where I don't feel normal. Um, but, you know, through all of this work, you know, it, it's really helped. And I would say that my journey is still continuing, although mentally, I don't really feel like I have to continue with some of the things that I needed in the beginning. Like I kind of dropped off from my Gaminon meetings and things like that, um, you know, but I continue in my recovery through other things, if that makes any sense. No, it makes plenty of sense. I'm kind of taking notes and um, in what you're saying mental notes and physical notes, but um, you you spoke about this being your recovery and most people uh, or some people may not think of this as maybe you're not technically in recovery from any addiction, but it is your recovery. Oh yeah. I was deeply hurt and deeply impacted by this. And 
that's something that I've said in my podcast, I've said it in, pre- in previous podcasts that as an affected other, we ourselves are in recovery. You know, it's not going to be the same recovery as what the person with the addiction is in, but we need to really take care of ourselves because we were so badly hurt, you know, while we were going through this, because obviously, you know, we've just, we've just been dealt a card that we have no idea what to do with, you know, and it's like, it, it hits you deep. It's like, it's the deepest cut I've ever had in my life. So I felt like I was in just as much of a recovery as my husband was. And that's, I think that's so important to recognize and understand that you two affected other are in recovery and are dealing with everything and it's 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 new it's different and you have it you have kids correct correct two kids and and how were they affected if they were they were affected because like i said prior to me finding out about this gambling addiction um steve was showing a lot of signs like i said he would be very irritable towards them there was a lot of stress in the house. And again, I didn't really know why. I just basically figured it was because he was, you know, he worked long hours. Like I said, the financial um, aspects solely rested on his shoulders. It could be very stressful. And then, you know, we've only been living in our house for about two or three years at that point. So I just chalked it up to, well, he's under a lot of stress. Um, you know, but that kind of trickles down because that stress ultimately leads to me being stressed and then it's affecting our parenting. And, you know, the kids can definitely feel that. Mm-hmm. And once we entered into recovery, we also wanted to kind of make it known to them that being in recovery for somebody that is struggling with an addiction, that's a norm. We wanted to really normalize it with our kids. They're very young. They're only, I mean, during this time they were four and seven, mm-hmm. so they don't truly understand, but we want like the term addict. We really wanted to normalize that in our household because, you know, Steve had struggled with addiction for a large part of his life, you know, and it's a family thing too. I had some addiction in my family, although it was never, I was never really hands-on with it. So we really just wanted to make it known to our children that this is something normal. And eventually when they grow up, we want them to know that if they're struggling as well, they can come to us and we'll be understanding, we'll be caring and, you know, we'll show sympathy towards that. Like we don't want them to be afraid to come to us. So, you know, that's how this kind of affected each and every one of us. It's so important to normalize things um, because, it's it's almost similar to like when you go to the doctors and doctors like, do you have any history, family history of high blood pressure, diabetes? And a lot of us don't talk about things in our families or, you know, and we don't talk about even mental health because it's such a stigma, because it's like, mm, we're not supposed to let everybody else know what's going on in our household. So to normalize and to educate and to be aware so that when something does come up for you, it's not like it's out of the blue. And so you then, then you start focusing on yourself. Like, what did I do? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? Rather than it could have been that is something that is preach is, is a genetic. Um, And it's, and it's healthy. It's healthy to normalize. It's healthy to be aware and educate ourselves. So kudos to you and your husband for this recovery journey and, you know, bringing along 
your your um your 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 kids and i presume your family just bringing them along this journey with you to just of understanding and respect and saying this is where i'm at you know um it's so so important the second question i kind of had it was with uh, you were saying in the beginning um you talked about your anxiety um can you describe like what did that feel like for you and where did like where do you think it was stemming from the anxiety before i found out or after i found out well either way <laughs> either one. I mean, I I kind of always suffered from anxiety, um, again, but it's with normal things, you know, having young kids and we had just moved away from family. So my anxiety was kind of heightened. But then um, after finding out about um, Steve's addiction, I guess my anxiety kind of grew because, you know, I'm always going to have that fear in my mind of what he could be hiding. You know, there was a lot of things that were brought to my attention once this all came to head. And the more and more layers I was peeling back and what I was hearing and learning, it truly scared me because I had no idea. So again, here I am faced with all of these emotions that I've never felt before, nor have I ever heard anybody talk about it. I've never really talked to anybody that had issues in gambling or really with any addiction. I had known of one friend that was kind of struggling, um, you know, which she was actually the friend that had told me that I really need to go seek therapy in a loving way. She said it, but um, at first I was completely shutting down the idea of therapy because like you said, the stigma and really like talking about your feelings and things like that. Like I was like, no, I don't, I don't need that. I'm fine. Um, but it turns out that, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I'm a huge advocate with voicing your feelings. You know, that was kind of why I wanted to begin my own podcast, because first of all, there's no really any other affected other podcast out there. I was trying to research it because I was trying to normalize my feelings. And because I really hasn't, I haven't been exposed to it. I really like everything I was feeling. I felt like I was going crazy you know, like I would be an emotional roller coaster. One minute I'd be like, okay, I'm fine. I can handle this. I could deal with this. And then the next minute I'll be a complete disaster and like, I'll be crying or I'll be anxious or angry. So I was all over the place in those beginning months, um, not realizing that that was normal feelings. I mean, it was, it's almost like you're mourning, you know, like I was mourning my relationship in a way because I was learning who my husband really is. You know, this is somebody that he necessarily wasn't hiding it because like I said, I knew that he had addictions, but I thought that was kind of all behind him. I thought that he had moved forward from that. So, you know, the feelings of that and then the stress of having to deal with the finances on my own and things like that. I just, it was a very lonely time, I guess, for me. So um, that was where I kind of sought out Gaminon and I was speaking with other affected others. And then I finally had a voice to what I was feeling. You know, these women who were, a lot of them were older, um, which was actually better because everything that they would say, all their stories and their experiences, I so deeply related to. So it kind of, it finally made me feel like I wasn't alone. I wasn't a freak. I wasn't going crazy. Um, so I feel like that's a huge part of somebody's recovery is, you know, you want to seek help and hear other people's stories that have been through what you've been through. I tried going specifically to an AA meeting, but I really didn't resonate as much as somebody with 
with a gambling addiction. It's, it's the same, but it's different. So, you know, I highly recommend when you are experiencing all this to like, just seek out people with your same experiences. Cause it really does help. I, I, um, our, um, black women in recovery podcast, which was aired on recovery month in September. Um, the ladies were talking about, um, the importance of finding a space for you. And even if you can't find a space for you yet, you know, piecemeal things until you can, you can find that, that one space that does work. And I'm glad that Gaminon was a space that you found that worked as well as the therapy. Cause like we, I, we said, even prior to starting the conversation, it's like gathering, there's like, we, the, as long as there's so many supports out there and if we can utilize all of them to make sure that we're whole, then, Hey, utilize all of them. There's no reason that there's no reason why that if, or um, to stigmatize having two therapists, if that's what you need right now, you know, and then drop down to one or having a therapist in a support group or even multiple support groups. There's no reason or there's no wrong or right, right way of doing something, especially if it's your recovery, it's your journey and you do what you need to do to survive. Absolutely. And I think it's important to try different things too, because something may not work for you that may work for other people. So it's important to kind of keep going with it. Or like you said, if you have to change groups because you don't particularly feel like you're connecting with people, try a different group. You know, you have to keep trying. Like you have to just do whatever you can to kind of feel normal and surround yourself by people that are making you feel that way, you know, because it's, if you don't seek out the help or, you know, if you're too afraid of the stigma behind it, you're going to be left feeling all these other feelings, you know, like all the negative impact of all of it. So it's so important to use your resources. And like you said, if that means, you know, 10 groups, 20 groups, like it's, it's fine, whatever you need for your mental health, like that's what you need to do. So what do you think is the biggest lesson that you learned throughout this process? Um, honestly, I would say the biggest would be how to stand on my own two feet. Um, meaning that for the longest time, really since the move away from, um, family and things like that, I realized how much I was leaning on my husband for a lot for emotional support, financial support for just a lot. Um, so something that this all taught me, and this is a lot of work through therapy is just um, understanding the fact that I'm able to get through things, you know, I'm more resilient than I ever thought that I was. And I'm learning how to lean on myself more than I ever had before. Um, you know, just understanding that through this, my husband is in active recovery right now, but even if let's say he wasn't, or he wasn't doing what he needed to do, or he had a setback or whatever it is, I'm in control of how I react to that and what I'm going to do next and learning the fact that I don't control everything. I can't control what he does. I can only control what I do. Um, that's been the biggest, the biggest step for me. Um, you know, because I am a major or I was, I should say I was, I'm sorry. I was a major control freak. I would try to control everything in my life. And if I wasn't able to, that's when the anxiety would kick in. Um, so just learning that has 
been so beneficial to me and to my family. And that's another thing that kind of trickles down. Like this has improved our life, you know, through our children and what we're doing now for a living. Like I know with Steve every day, like he goes through his stressors every day at work, but now he's able to look at it in a different way. You know, I have all these other different stressors and, you know, what I'm doing through school and and through family, through whatever, I'm learning to look at that in a different way, you know? So, um, therapy, therapy has been the biggest help for me. And yeah, just all of that has been beneficial for me. <laughs> I can still relate to the controlness because I am a control person as well. Um, sometimes too over controlling in terms of trying to control the narrative. I think some people we struggle with controlling the narrative of how things are supposed to go. And I too have learned how to navigate my life without trying to control every situation and let let things go as it goes. Um, so thank you. Um, one more question. I got maybe two. Um, it'll be like two parts about saying the same thing. <laughs> what message would you like to send to others um, that are in your position? And also, what would you what message would you also send to others in terms of things to be like things of hope hopefulness or you know things to be hopeful or grateful for um well the message i usually i try to tell people that are affected others is like i said just working on yourself working on your recovery your recovery is not going to look the same as your loved one's recovery everybody has their own thing everybody has their own needs their their own wants um, but it's all about just working on yourself, you know, um, even if your affected other is not in recovery, it is so important for you to get the support that you need. Like for me, especially that was so crucial to me. I really needed to hear the words that other people were saying. Um, and words of hope is that you can honestly do anything. Once you learn, like I said, how to stand on your own two feet, you could really do anything. Um, like I said, I came from a place where I leaned so much on Steve that I really like, I didn't really, I, I feel like I was almost like I did not have much of a backbone. So once you're able to really learn the things that you can do, you know, giving yourself grace for when you mess up, or if you end up saying the wrong thing, or just with anything, you know, this is a learning process for you. And you're not always going to get it right the first time, or second time or third time but it's all a learning process. That's how you grow from this. So by taking what has happened to you and turning it into something better, you know, that's, that's what's basically saved my marriage. That's what saved everything is the fact that I was kind of able to turn this into a learning process. Not at first, it took a lot of time and a lot of work, but now, you know, I'm back at, I'm going back to school. I actually want to do therapy for a living. Um, and it really helps to kind of like when I'm feeling these feelings, because they will come up sometimes, I'll kind of just focus my energy into my schoolwork and what I'm learning and how I've grown. You know, you develop such a resilience that you did not know that you had. So that's really what saved me. So there is a lot of hope behind behind all of this. There's a lot of room for you to grow and for you in your marriage to grow. You know, I've, I've actually relearned who my husband was after him and I being together for 10 years. You know, that's how long it took for this to finally come out. And, 
you know, he's grown a lot. I've grown a lot. And as a couple, I think we're now closer than ever, just based off the conversations we've had. Um, I have a new understanding of what addiction looks like. You know, I'm never going to fully understand it because I just don't have that part of the same thinking that he does. And that was something in the very beginning that I was really struggling with. I really couldn't understand how he could do something like this to me. But then through all of this work, I kind of was able to understand and realize why he did what he did. And then just, you know, my reaction to it. And, you know, we've seen a lot of growth. So, you know, that's, that's basically, you know, the words of wisdom that, that I have through my experience. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful thing um, to be able to grow, even if, um, you know, because unfortunately some people grow apart, but even in the growing apart, you can still grow as individuals. And um, that is also a message of hope. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys were able to work through it together and grow as individuals and grow together. Um, with your two wonderful, beautiful boys. Um, I do remember them. They have they have quite a spirit about them. <laughs> they do have a beautiful spirit about them. Um, Thank you. But then that's just, that speaks to, to you guys as a couple and raising your boys. So uh, thank you. This, this whole, um, it's so I, I like it, I I I truly believe that it's so important to hear all sides of the story, um, and not just one. And that's why we try with the, this particular podcast to um, showcase that. And because gambling addiction looks different for every person who goes through it, the recovery looks different for every person who is seeking it. Um, so not one person walks the same journey and not one person has to go the same way. So as long as we can highlight these things, um, I think we'll be better at, be better as people with, to have, you know, having greater understanding that we are all different and we need different things. So um, you mentioned a few times about your podcast. Do you want to tell this wonderful audience of <laughs> like the, like the, like the, like the ethos, <laughs> universal <laughs> atmosphere, um, what your podcast is and how they can find it? Uh, yeah. So I believe it's, I think it's on Spotify and it's definitely on Apple, um, Apple podcast. It's called I Butterfly, a podcast for affected others. I will be honest. I have not done a podcast in a while. Life has gotten a bit busy, um, but in it, I share a lot of feelings and things, you know, my experience of everything, things that I recommend doing, you know, things like that. Because like I said, I, I really thought that it was important to share what we feel as affected others. And I really just want to normalize the feelings. I want to make it known that, you know, you're not going crazy, um, that there is hope for us. And, you know, just little things that have kind of worked for me. So you know, I really just, I wanted to help. I have spoken with some people that are affected others and, you know, everybody has their own experiences. Everybody has their own knowledge of it. Like you said, everybody has their own definition of, of what it looks like for them and their recovery. And I think that's so important for people to know, because I find that 
something people do a lot is we compare ourselves to other people. You know, we compare our journeys to other people. It actually used to happen to me a lot in my Gaminon groups. People would listen to me in the way that I would speak and they thought that I was recovered. I would hear that a lot. People would tell me, wow, you seem like you're recovered. But really, I always tried to break it down a little bit and just say, I'm never going to be recovered because I'm always going to have setbacks. You know, I'm always going to have great days and bad days, just like everybody else. You know, like I said, I'm lucky enough that my husband is in recovery, but there are going to be other people who, who's significant others aren't in recovery, which is totally fine, but you're going to feel different things. You know, you're not going to feel the same as me, but continue on your journey. It's fine if we don't all feel the same. But I feel like just voicing everything, being out there, giving a voice to all of this, educating each other and supporting each other. I think that's really what's important. So that's mostly what's in my podcast. Well, we will definitely highlight that podcast on in our show notes. And for those who are listening now, it's iButterfly on definitely Apple, but you possibly could look for it on on, um, Spotify. But Again, Kelly, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story um, with uh, with me and with our audience. And um, tis a season to be jolly, <laughs> or just to be grateful. However, which way, whichever way you want to be, um, we're just grateful for you, listeners, and um, we're just grateful for this work that we're able to do. And good luck with schooling, because that is like, I can understand why we didn't have time to record another podcast because we were studying just, you know, it's, that's a tough field. So it does demand um, your attention. So good job. Thank you. (laughs) All right. And that is it, folks. Um, I thank you for being with here with us today. And again, um, be yourself as always and do what you can to take care of yourself in whatever way that that looks um, in a healthy way. So, bye.